Hello. On this podcast, we talk about movies, their faults, their flaws, and their plots. So, expect some spoilers. You've been warned. Welcome to Plot Spackle. I'm John, and I was yesterday years old when I saw this movie first. I'm Richard, and I was yesterday years old when I watched this movie. I'm Eric, and I too was yesterday years old when I first watched this movie. And we watched this movie yesterday, all of us, and now we're going to defend it. And we're going to fill these plot holes. But what should we fill these plot holes with? Cursed silver? Well, cursed pirate silver? No, 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 no. no Maybe that's we should a stay different point, Jerry Bruckheimer film. Why don't we fill it with what they filled all those holes in the movie with? Dead Texas Rangers? Yes. Yes, that seems appropriate. As uh, we go into summer, and we're going to talk about movies... With big budgets, big aspirations, and big losses. Starting off with Lone Ranger. So, tell us what the Lone Ranger is about, Eric. So the Lone Ranger follows a well, what, a meandering simpleton. Not, not really simpleton, but a lovable character by the name of Jack Sparrow. This character is definitely weird. But through sheer lack of or sheer force of will is able to move from one scene to the next and not like be harmed in any way. Um, this character is bound to help the main protagonist, um, something Reed. Is it Reed? No, it Wilton? is Reed. I think I'm getting these two movies mixed up with Pirates of the Caribbean. And the Lone Ranger. Look, just because it has music by Gore, Ver- or, or just because Gore Verbinski's in there, and it's a Jerry Bruckheimer film, and you've got Johnny Depp wandering around, it's not a pirates movie. But they're after the uh, cursed Aztec gold. No, no. This time it's cursed oh, Comanche no. silver. Oh, or Comanche silver. Obviously. Yeah. Well, a lot of stuff happens. Incredible things that really shouldn't happen, and the heroes win, and the Lone Ranger is born. Or killed? And born again. He returned from the land of the dead, so now he can't die in battle. Yep. Spirit Walker. So he can't be shot, right? No, no, he can't die. You can shoot him. Oh, he can still be shot. Yeah, which does mean, though, if the Lone Ranger got cancer, his best bet would to keep punching people as long as he could. Well, I mean, people do say... They're battling cancer, John. As long as they're properly seeking treatment. Which means, I mean, it wouldn't be a great life. He'd probably be de- doing chemo constantly, but he'd, he'd survive it. Alright, alright. But anyways, let's get some movie facts. Alright. So, The Lone Ranger opened on the 7th of July, 2013. It had a budget of $215 million. And uh, on its opening weekend, it earned $29 million. Uh, in the U.S., it managed to get all the way up to 89 of the million dollars. But its cumulative worldwide gross did take us to 260 millions of the dollars. So so they recouped their base budget. The problem being that most movies spend about the same as their base budget in marketing. Yeah, so this has been posted as having a 200 million dollar loss is the uh, general consensus. I don't know how that puts it with inflation's accounting in the uh, biggest losses ever, but it's not good. It's, yeah, it's not great. But... Are we in John Carter losses? Yes. Yes, it is in competition with John Carter. Which, as an entertaining note, while we're dealing with movie facts, the entire script for this movie 
was rewritten because of John Carter and how bad John Carter did. I guess they learned the wrong lessons. They decided that they were going to cut out all the supernatural stuff with actual Wendigos and silver bullets to deal with them. And then we we got this movie instead. But there are some entertaining bits within it. Uh, the carnival, where we're introduced to uh, our old man Tonto, who starts telling our story, is called The uh, Thrilling Tales of Yesteryear, or Thrilling Days of Yesteryear, which was the intro to the old radio show, where they would uh, welcome us back to the thrilling days of yesteryear for another tale of the Lone Ranger. It's a big call-out to the Lone Ranger OG fans, right? Still kicking around, watching movies in 2013. Um, hey. They would when be, did the Lone Ranger come out? Uh, 19, 1933, as a matter of fact, is when it first aired. Which is when so, the carnival is at the beginning of the movie. So, if, assuming they were born then and just listening to the radio show, they would be in their 80s. I, I don't know how many original OG Lone Ranger fans we have left. I mean, they could be out what about there. about the Roy Rogers Lone Ranger? Uh, the That is a lot more plausible. And again, they did... Still go with the thrilling, ta- thrilling days of yesteryear. All right, so that that's a more, it's a more solid callback for anyone who bothered to watch this movie and pay real monies to do so. Hey, the one review I read from somebody on IMDb was a positive one and told people that they did not regret spending money to watch this movie in theaters. Well, good on them. They got to live in the moment. They they do not regret their choices. Which, I mean, is good. Yeah, that's that's great, actually. If they enjoyed it, I'm not going to so take hey. that from them. But I do believe we now have to uh, deal with the plot holes in this movie. Well, we can go to it. I do have one more entertaining fact. Oh, one note. more interesting fact. One more interesting fact. This is the only wait, movie... Wait, there's more in which Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham, Bonham Carter are both in it that is not directed by Tim Burton. So there you go. There's your weird facts about this movie. Movie facts. And time for plot holes. It's the meat of the matter. We yeah, got, that's why you're here, not for our uh, witty banter. Yeah, um, plot holes we're getting from movieplotholes.com and uh, one from IMDb that's just kind of a weird statement, really. I don't know if it's much of a plot hole. It was, again... It's the plot hole by the guy that wasn't paying attention to the movie. Well, maybe we should get that one out of the way. All right. I can give us that one. Our mystery We have a mystery man who's dressed like the Lone Ranger, shoots Collins dead, saving Rebecca and Danny. But in the next scene, Tonto and the Lone Ranger are looking for Rebecca and Danny. It's almost like the mystery man was not the Lone Ranger at all. Yeah, and from my understanding of that turn of events... It was it was ominous. Like you weren't supposed to believe this was the Lone Ranger. This was the unexpected bad guy because Collins is letting them go at great personal risk for himself as he's probably going to get eaten by Cavendish now in some part. And oh, most definitely. Yeah, and suddenly this guy shows up and shoots Collins and uh looks menacingly down at uh these two people. This boy and this woman. And I'd like to question how much he is uh, dressed like the Lone Ranger, because we get a pretty good shot of him silhouetted by the sun, and he is definitely not wearing a wide-brim Stetson. He is wearing a bowler hat. It's true. But who, how different are those hats, though? They're, they're basically the same. Except one yeah. has a short, curled brim, and the other one has a wide, flat brim. They both go on top of your head. It's basically the same thing. Eric, are you the type of person who thinks a trilby is the same thing as a fedora? I mean, when you get down to it, they both go on your heads, right? Ugh. But then again, so does a guillotine, so... I guess that's more your neck, so that's more like a necktie. This got dark a little bit. Maybe we should move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, let's go over to the other plot holes from... Uh... That don't involve hats. All right, ready for this? I'll, I'll get this next one. The events of the film are stated to take place in the state of Texas. However, during the initial railroad construction scenes and during several scenes later in the film, it is clear that at least several portions of the film take place in northeastern Arizona, 
particularly Monument Valley, which is hundreds of miles away. So, this is where one of those things. I have a plot. I have a a solution to this. An overarching theory that covers basically every plot hole in this movie. And really, it's that we're not actually getting the origin story of the Lone Ranger. What we happen to have is we have Johnny Depp got transported back into the past, and he's stuck there with a traveling carnival, and he's just telling a story to a kid because he wants to steal the kid's peanuts. I mean, and the framing device is it's an, this old man who is supposedly old Tonto hanging out at this uh, fair telling this kid a story. And it is actually kind of meta because it does point out at least one time where the story does makes no sense and never gets resolved. And case in point, there's a there's a scene where the kid gives him the peanuts, and then later that bag of peanuts is buried in a hole with Texas Rangers. That's true. It is. So that bag of peanuts worked its way into the story, which either gives us confirmation of time travel or confirmation that Johnny Depp's just making the whole thing up. Possibly both. All right. So assuming that there isn't time traveling depths, do we have a solution? All right. Assuming there's not time traveling depths. We'll, we'll, we'll keep coming back though. Time traveling depths is a good point. I like it. It is crackpot theory. Best theory. It's Kondo's Razor. It's Kondo's Razor. Assuming that we don't have Johnny Depp time traveling. Um, well, it is very clearly Monument Valley, which is nowhere near the town of Colby, Texas. So I'm going to have to presume that they rode a very long way to get where they went. It's true. They were on horses for a while for an unspecified, or unspecified amount of time. And so I just have to assume that that's where they went, is through uh, New Mexico to Arizona and southern Utah. So this is not this is a, a little more meta than anything uh, with in regards to this plot hole. But I was reading on IMDb, and someone brought up the, the fact that in the old motion picture days, Utah was used very often for a stand-in for Texas, uh, especially in the John Ford movie uh, the John Ford Westerns. So instead of being more of like, well, they're set in Monument Valley, it could have just been like, you know what? They're parroting the old Westerns that used Utah as Texas. As a matter of fact, Orson Welles once did tell people, like say that people were afraid to film in Monument Valley because they were afraid of being accused of plagiarizing John Ford films. So when they did Italian westerns, where uh, did they film? Italy. That, Italy. That's how they became spaghetti. That's westerns. why they're called Italian. Yeah. So, so really, any Italian western, any spaghetti western, is inaccurate because they're talking about being in uh, Texas, Arizona, Mexico, whatever, because it's actually in Italy. Well, I Italian think the real problem jobs. that the people have is that they're shooting in iconic Monument Valley, which now that people have access to the internet, all know is in southern Utah, and apparently they don't. They think it's in Arizona. Yeah, that's, that's internet people. They think things on the internet. Sorry, George. All right. You want to give us the next plot hole? Heck yeah, I do. So Butch Cavendish... Cavendish? I never actually caught his last Cavendish. name. Cavendish. Cavendish? Cave Butch Cavendish, the film's antagonist, is a cannibal and is referred to as being a Wendigo by Tonto. However, Wendigo is an Algonquin Indian term for this type of person, not Comanche, the tribe to which Tonto belongs. There is simply no way that Tonto would have known about this term as Algonquin and Comanche tribes never had any, had any interactions until at least the end of the 19th, if not the early 20th centuries. While there may be a Comanche word for cannibal, it is not Wendigo. So, this we're going to throw this in for the uh, the depth charge. The yep. t- time-traveling depth charge. 
So again, hey, can I actually make a change to that? The time travel uh, depth meter. Yeah, I think it should be depth, uh, depth depths. The depth depths. We're gonna have, dig to the the bottom. Certain depths. Certain depths. Certain depths of that, the depth. Is it a? Is it twenty depths under the sea? Twenty one. Uh, so this one is actually a full hundred depths under the sea. As Richard is about to explain, because he did some research. So, there's a couple of things with it. Like, again, it could just be that Johnny Depp didn't know the, which which tribe the uh, Wendigo story goes along with and just made stuff up when he was telling a story to a kid because he wanted peanuts. Or, there's a couple of interesting things with the uh, other, with older stuff for uh, Tonto, because Tonto in the older series, in the radio and the television series, was part of the, uh, pro- I'm going to mispronounce this her- terribly, Potawatomi Native Americans, which were a part of the Algonquin, and they do have the legends of the Legends of the Wendigo, as was pointed out, and Tonto was just down in Texas running around with a Lone Ranger, and so I mean, it was pointed out that he doesn't have a tribe anymore. They were all dead. The group of people that Tonto was running around with currently as his tribe is not the original tribe of Indians that Tonto grew up with. Those people all got killed in a flashback, and it may be a different tribe that did have the word for Wendigo. Well, they were Comanche as well, though. I'm thinking Tonto, like, jumped from tribe to tribe, like, in his search for cave dish. Like, maybe he, when he was young, he didn't know that a Cavendish was a uh, cannibal, but he figured that out later. After After he'd gone and visited the Algonquins? Yeah, because the the Comanche didn't like him, which is part of the movie. The rest of the Comanche do not like him and don't really care for him because he makes stuff up. So our next one is when Silver, our Lone Ranger's horse, is first shown as a Mustang wild spirit horse in the desert before he decides to become the ranger's mount he is shown to be wearing horseshoes now wild horses and indian horses were always unshod unless they were stolen from settlers and even when they were unless their shoes were changed periodically they'd come off and need to be replaced well so my first thought here is that silver is a recently stolen slash lost horse Looking for its master. Say escaped. Yeah. And uh, that's why it still has its horseshoes on. And it's been following um, Reed specifically because its master that it liked had a big white hat. Yeah, that's why it was it was following him around and, you know, wanted to check him out in the, the shallow grave with the hat. He's like, oh, well, you know, you're pretty cool, I guess. You got this big white hat. What, what's your thought, so Eric? I think... I think that the horse is literal magic, like literally magic. Like the horse is climbing on top of like rooftops. Oh, and it's in a tree and in a tree. Um, I like it shows up in the most random of places, like places that a horse obviously shouldn't be. And it is acknowledged in the film that that's a really weird thing for a horse to do. So if it wants to pick up some horseshoes along the way, you know what? I think it can. I mean, it is a magic horse. And I mean, when Johnny Depp is telling the story, he doesn't have to justify where the horseshoes come from to some like six year old kid. Horses wear horseshoes. Accept it. Go look at any horse, kid. Look, if a horse isn't wearing horseshoes, it's wearing horse sandals or horse crocs, which aren't really shoes. So they, they qualify as their own unique horse, um, accessory. Horses don't really like them, but you know, Got to go with the horse fashion. Of course. All right. Tonto would not consistently wear face paint. This was done only for ceremonies or prior to battle. It would be, in fact, be dangerous for him to do so unless either of these situations applied, as this could be seen as a threatening gesture to other Native Americans, not of his tribe, and to white settlers and Mexicans who were familiar with Native American traditions. Which I assume Johnny Depp is not one of them, Richard? Well, I mean... When Johnny Depp is stuck in the past and he's walking around dressed in face paint, all of the Native Americans look at it and go, 
that's that's not a Comanche. That's some dude dressed up in face paint. And all of the white people are like, oh, that crazy Johnny Depp. <laughs> like, they all know it's Johnny Depp. They just don't want to. <laughs> Look, everybody knows it's Johnny Depp in every timeline. You just you just humor him and let him go on his way. It's easier that way. It's like, oh, he's going to be eccentric again. Oh, he's feeding the dead drunk or uh, method. (laughs) Look, he wants to like, he he just got off this whole pirate gig and now he's trying out being an Indian, but he's not quite certain how to separate the two. See, the great thing, Eric, about drunk or method is that really method means you can be both. I'm an actor. You don't need to understand my methods. Glug, glug, glug. (laughs) And again, if we're going to justify it, not as crazy Johnny Depp stuck in the past, which why would you want to do anything? But you could, of course, go with the fact that they point out that Tonto consistently gets the various traditions wrong on purpose. And the other Indi- the other Native Americans do not like him. Yeah, they don't like him. Um, I don't think he has any good times in any towns. When we first meet him, he's arrest. He's under arrest, and when he's asked why, he says, "Because he's an Indian." But it might be, you know, a guy walks into town wearing like face paint, and they're like, "Isn't that like war paint? Is he going to me- start a problem?" I mean, still racial profi- profiling, but <laughs> a bit more acceptable, I guess. If you don't know, he's just. But being he also weird. goes through and like steals people's drinks and whatnot he probably and tries like oh it's comanche tradition no that's just him being a mooch yeah so i mean so i either way you get johnny depp stuck in the past or tonto's kind of a jerk oh quick question for you richard at what depth 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 would you consider that uh this one we're probably only about uh five depths deep five depths five depths deep because Again, at this point where Tonto is the uh, cowboy intersection with uh, Jack Sparrow. I was I was going to go maybe with two because I thought Johnny Depp was is a drunk, but I don't. I mean, it's not that far off the mark. If he needed a, a fixed point in time, it's not that far off. It's true. But speaking of face paint, Tonto's face paint stays consistent throughout the length of the film. He never has to reapply it, and it is never shown to smear or to run, no matter how much he exerts himself. It is also done by someone besides Tonto, as it isn't in the mirror image, as it would be if he applied it himself. So, what's up with the face paint, guys? Uh, I'm too perfect. I'm trying to, one, figure out what the mirror image concept is. Yeah, I'm confused there too i don't know that's what the random person on the movie plot holes but i will say it does in fact run a little bit at one point when they get dumped to be cracking as well yeah they get when it gets dumped into the river um it is uh it still it stays on but that tells me that it is a grease grease grease, oil based a grease and oil based um paint and also probably he never washes it off And just continues to reapply. And just applies over and over because it's caked on pretty thick um, early on. And it's uh, got a layer of dirt mixed in too. So it's got the clumpy cracks and stuff. So that tells us that time traveling depth doesn't take baths. And he's just got uh, grease paint probably. uh, Oh, man. So machining grease is so hard to get off and if that's what he's using but what is he using for the white cocaine ball bearing grease (laughs) (laughs) not all famous actors are drug addicts guys opium i don't know what color that's supposed to be actually that comes in grease form i'm pretty sure everything comes in grease form if you try hard enough so yeah i i just think it's grease grease face paint and he doesn't wash very often he just applies a new layer like so you, the way I kind of understood it, like, so he puts the face paint on after he vows revenge on his village, like, going to be- get the cave dude for what he did. The way I kind of understood it is he can't really take it off until he fulfills that mission that he gave himself. So that's probably, that's why I think it was caked on, and it's just slowly but surely built up. Oh, oh, and that's, 
if we go with the supernatural angle, because there is a little bit of supernatural going on, that it's magically protected face paint. Oh, it's kind of like okay, this is the mark of your um, this is the mark of your oath. It can't come off until you complete complete that oath. Yeah. Also, you don't have to reapply face paint when it only exists in a story you're telling to a child. It does. It is true. It is true. That is, it's two peanuts to say there was a face paint on this guy. I wore face paint and it looked just like the paint, face paint from that one painting. Yep. Fun fact, that face paint is from a painting. Link in the doobly-doo. All right. Let's see, is there anything else? Well, there's our, uh, more. our Lone Ranger and Tonto are not severely injured or even killed when they're thrown from a train, which is derailing uh they've got at or around 70 miles per hour i mean it most definitely wasn't 70 miles an hour i'm not certain where they're getting that number because there definitely weren't any speedometers lying around and just looking at it it's more like 30 miles an hour maybe 40 i mean what is the top speed of a steam engine in that time period oh uh, we had had actually shown it can get up to 90 miles 90 miles an hour but you need a nice flat area and a hot enough boiler and you can do it and they were probably cooling the boiler down because they were planning on coming to a stop soon like that was their plan it was stopped so um i think the bandits left the levers open they left the levers open but there was no one to shovel coal so it wasn't getting fed any new fuel it's all that's going to do is create more pressure in the system which well will cause it to blow up that's and it won't look pretty when there's it no does. Shortage. No, there's a a ton of um, the exploded train engine explosions. Yeah, with all the cables so, and yeah. yeah. Anyways, Richard's been looking this up and he has a smile on his face. Because it really depends on which side of the Mason Dixon line you're on. South, because uh, it's Texas. In the north, uh, if you've got a well maintained track, your train could go at about sixty miles an hour. Uh, when you're on the in the south where you're running on strap rail, specifically a metal plate laid on top of a wooden rail, like we see them doing exactly in this movie, uh, you can make it for about 15 to 20 miles an hour. 30 if you're really pushing it. So uh, Is it just because the strap rail was so um, uneven? Yeah, it's uneven. Uh, had a common habit of wearing loose where it was nailed down. And uh, wheel action could cause it to coil up and rip through the bottom of cars. Wow, that sounds like a bad day. It is a very bad day if you're on that train. Now, now that's us cutting down on the speed. But the issue still remains that the crash <laughs> catapults the boxcar like, over their heads as they're flying and lands. And then they land at that. And then the engine keeps coming at them. Like... There's significant force, and watching it, it looks ridiculous. Okay, so I have an idea on how to fix this. All right. So Richard brought up the time-traveling depths. All right. I think to achieve the time-travelingness, Johnny Depp needs to affect physics in his general location to make it work. Like, same thing happens in Pirates of the Caribbean, the Sleepy Hollow, and now the uh, Alice in Wonderland. That one's a trippy one. All the physics in those movies are um, are not normal, which I believe is a caught or is an effect of the the depth depths changing. See, I'd believe that. See, see, the thing is, since you've brought this up now, it implies blue. to me that there's multi a multiverse of depths. Like the singular depth has been traveling through time, creating a multiverse, which we can all observe through film through quantum depth. We have now hit quantum depth. I'm okay with quantum depth because 100% he breaks physics in this movie. He does. Because they're like right at the very beginning where we've got our time traveling old man depth, we have a balloon that blows against the wind off of a, uh, off of a Ferris wheel. That should be your first warning, everyone. If something happens that doesn't make sense, there might be a time traveling depth nearby. Look out for it. So. Again, we've got our crazy, crazy train crash, which, again, you can obviously survive when you're just telling a story to a six-year-old boy to steal his peanuts because you just have to make it sound exciting because, you know, and so there we were, and the train flew over our heads 
and then the tri and then the engine itself just slid across the ground right up until it almost got us. You don't have to explain how you survived but in that it, way. It's just it's all in the kid's head, really. Or if you're doing it this way, we have a much lower much lower speed for our train impact. Um, we probably have. I mean, so we talked about how the uh, we, the the rail can coil. So maybe there was a a bit of a uh, I suspect like a slingshot effect, and they were moving at different parabolas where the uh, the uh, boxcar hit high applied force on a high arc. They got thrown at a low arc with less force. Yeah, and so that's how they managed to not get murdered in this train wreck that's at least as over the top as like that one plane crash in whatever Mission Impossible movie it was that they also couldn't have survived. I forget which one. I didn't actually go and see it. I just remember everybody complaining about that plane crash after seeing that movie. See, the one problem I have with plane crashes or like Mission Impossible stunts not being true is um, Tom Cruise probably actually did do that. Like, like he literally, you know, ran up and clung onto an airplane well, while see, they took off so do, they could get that shot. He did do those. But he didn't stay inside the plane while they crashed the plane around him. Apparently, I, I bet he wanted to. He probably did, but his lawyers said that he couldn't do it. So is, is that all our plot holes? Those are all the ones that are so. listed as plot holes. Did we have any that we got while we were watching this? Well. I, I was trying to remember. I mean, it was just yesterday, but I swear we had some thoughts that aren't on this list of things that didn't quite make sense. So, again, depending on how pedantic we want to be. Do we want to be George? Do we want to play George's advocate? I mean, I can I can be George's advocate. I've got all sorts of George's advocate stuff that is in here that only works when you're time traveling Depp or telling a story telling a story to a small child. For peanuts. For peanuts. Well, technically, the peanuts were exchanged for both the story. And a dead mouse. So that whatever the perceived value of a dead mouse has to be subtracted from the story. Yes. So, like, there's there's lots of Georgia, Georgisms. Like, Texas Rangers didn't get the fancy badge for three years after the film was supposed to be. Um, so either a Dep or this was the demo run. Uh, the band plays Stars and Stripes, which was not composed for another nine years. That's definitely a Depp. I personally think he brought it back into the past with him. It's a cycle, really. Um, there's the fact that the Transcontinental Railroad never went anywhere near Texas, and the uh, meeting of the railroads happened in, Monument Valley? in Utah. Specifically northern Utah. I don't want to say the complete opposite direction of Texas, but pretty close. Further away from Texas than other parts of Utah? <laughs> Further away from Texas than Monument Valley, which is also not in Texas. Boy, but that's the thing. I mean... But again, when you're telling a story to a small child, you don't have to explain that the where the trains were meeting. He doesn't care. He's some 1933 kid at a fair who, want, who just traded his peanuts for a dead mouse in a story. And his understanding of the geography is probably what he learned from watching um, early pictures. Probably. Oh, let's see. What, what What is movie tech in 1933? 1933? I mean, we, we are, have it. We have it. We, we are, have Metropolis. We are going to be getting to sound any day now. Do they have westerns? Yes. All right. I think westerns were one of the first ones actually created. But most, most entertainment is uh, radio at the moment. And they would have had a. They would have. They have posters and such, right? So he would have seen posters of Monument Valley. So when he hears Texas, when he hears the Lone Ranger theme start playing, he thinks Monument Valley. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to bring this back, John. But the first Western movie was called The Great Train Robbery, and it was actually one of the first films. Premiered, yep, in 1903 is when it came out. So. The Western genre was established. All right. And it's a lot more contemporary then, though. So, guys, let's talk about this movie. This is the kind of movie that starts with a train wreck, ends with a train wreck, 
and happens to be a train wreck the entire time. Now, I'm going to say there were several parts of the movie that were very fun to watch. Like, it was not... It, it is definitely not the worst movie we have watched for this. No, no. But... Okay, really quick. What would be the worst movie? I'm trying to decide if Jurassic Galaxy is the worst. Jurassic Galaxy is really high up there. But we kind of knew that going in. I mean, we, we do tend to avoid movies that we outright hate. We had to watch Frozen, though. But we don't outright hate it. We just don't like it. Yeah. I'm gonna we say, did watch the holiday special. Yeah, I'm going to say that it's probably the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, yeah. We, or oh, Jurassic Galaxy. I had forgotten that we watched the... You had purged it from your mind. Uh, oh, my gosh. And the thing is, too, like, I had a uh, a co-worker who was asking about what movies we'd done, and he asked what we did for, like, Christmas, and I couldn't remember. Like, it blanked on my head, out of my head completely. You had purged it to keep yourself safe. The, oh, the, the memories are coming back, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, there were... It's, okay, back, it's definitely... Back to Lone Ranger. Back to Lone Ranger. Think... Remember, John, just play the William Tell Overture through your head. Think of that horse running across rooftops, gatling guns, ex- you know, old Westy explosions. All right. So that that does remind me. So my problem I have with Johnny Depp as Tonto is that he did just kind of not get away from uh, Jack Sparrow. And... I think that's kind of his curse right now. He's kind of laid low in the Hollywood uh, landscape, and I think that might be to get away from the Johnny Depp character. Yeah, I don't know if he'll succeed on it. And the issue I have there is a pirate story is very different from a Western. Because pirates, if you want to do the pirates good, what we've learned is you have to treat pirates as the scoundrel trickster-type archetype characters. Of which Jack Sparrow totally is. You're never quite sure if his craziness is an act or real, and so that works. Whereas with cowboy, st- with cowboy stories, it's a lot more straightforward, and a lot more of the themes are about um, man versus nature, the nature of men, um, very similar to samurai stories, really. And so you don't, you can have a scoundrel, but you don't want tricksters. So just to comment on your what you were saying, John, I think it would be easier to have a quote-unquote pirate Western movie because one of the main, um, one of the archetypes of the Western movie is man versus progress. You could definitely see that. I could see that like you're a, a pirate in the form of like everything is becoming modernized and whatnot. But it's a lot harder for, like you were saying, the scoundrel in the Wild West, unless maybe you're going with... Well, well specifically the trickster because... The pirate's story is about, um, like, freedom versus order. And I, so, I could see that as um, ver- man versus progress as well. Like, See, but just the difference finding here himself be a relic. is, again, where you're going to find your protagonist. Because with our protagonist as the Lone Ranger, he is on the side of order and justice and ostensibly progress. And he, we've got Tonto who, while our quote-unquote sidekick, is definitely the protagonist for this film. The big difference is where your main character is going to play his role. In the pirate movie, having a trickster be your good guy? Absolutely. He can get away with it. He can, If he uh, lies to the other guy, we, we nod, nod and wink and go, man, he's so clever. When you're the Lone Ranger, if you lie to the other guy... You done a bad. Yeah, like... Like, the kid points out at the very beginning, like, when we start with our uh, bank robbery scene, but the Lone Ranger's a good guy. He doesn't do that. Yeah, see, see that's the difference, is the when you're a cowboy, you're supposed to have a code. And you're supposed to follow it. When you're a pirate... It's more like a guideline than a rule. Yeah, that that's the concept here. Is, is the difference there. Now, for other, like, film problems, I'm like, I don't feel any of the uh, dramatic irony scenes were actually worked out the way they were supposed to. So it's like, where's the d- explosives they found? It's in the bank. It's in the bank. When did we know the explosives were in the bank? Uh, when they revealed them and or the brief moment where the guy said, Put these somewhere safe. 
which means he somehow transported them from all the way from that dig site to the town, but a town further away that hadn't been quote unquote attacked. Yeah, see that that's what I'm saying here is the audience should have figured out where the explosives came from before the movie showed you it, or at least you'd have a clue because that makes the audience feel special, like like clever. So you know it, and then they're like a a, and they give you the, the the wink, and it's that like that um, with the explosives, and also when the second part where we don't like we don't know that the bridge has been destroyed, and then they show that they did successfully destroy the bridge after showing this previously that they failed to destroy the bridge and then the question of how did they know where the uh, explosives were because they weren't there for the scene and when the explosives were told to get put somewhere safe and so what was their plan for the bank robbery oh, so this is a plot hole then how did they find out where the explosives are well when you're time traveling johnny depp you can start your story with a bank robbery have the kid call you on it, and then you have to uh, work your way back to the bank robbery. But by then, the kid has forgotten why the why the robbery didn't make sense to begin with. So you don't have to explain that, or they beat it out of one of the uh, surviving henchmen. Yeah, they were asking, you know, where where did the guy in charge go? And he's all like, "Which guy?" And then they're like, both of them. And they're all like, bowler hat guy with the explosives went this way over to that town. And uh, our, our train magnate went this way. Now, I mean, another problem is the action scene at the end with the multiple trains. Good concept. We needed to establish the landscape of the scene first and also tell us that there is in fact a timeline here that they do have to complete all the tasks save everyone before before we fall off a bridge before we fall off a bridge so we'd have to either know that the bridge um did blow up did blow up or would going to blow up in some time shortly to make the just to make everything make sense, and I think it probably would have benefited from the same type of staging that uh, Mad Max Fury Road had, where rather than necessarily just storyboarding it, you lay the you run the whole thing through with models so that you can keep track of where everything is. Yeah, but Mad Max also had incredible um, storyboarding. It did. It did. But when they were doing their crazy action sequences, they busted out models so that they could keep track of where everything was going to be at any one time. So really, this, the screenwriters here needed to actually have a train set? Yeah, they needed to have some model trains that they could go, okay, and so this is going to line up here, and the, like just like they would know what the layout of the track looks like, we could know what the layout of the track looks like, and we're not confused. What about you, Eric? You've been quiet, so let's get some thoughts from you. Not going to lie, I haven't seen this part of the movie yet, so I can't really contribute. Uh, the last bit, but just generally. Um, just from a general movie perspective, I think this is suffering from the we're trying to be like Pirates of the Caribbean uh, problem. Like, Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, at least the first couple, but as soon as Walt Disney got Johnny Depp into their movies, like, we need a new Johnny, we need a new Jack Sparrow. He was, everyone loved that character. All right, Mad Hatter, you're Jack Sparrow. You're Jack Sparrow now. Jack Sparrow in Wonderland? Yeah, Jack Sparrow in Wonderland. Um, The Lone Ranger, Jack Sparrow is an Indian. Or Native American, and like I, I think Johnny Depp had fun with it because he had fun playing the jo- the Jack Sparrow part. But we, as an audience, don't want him typecast as that because Jack Sparrow is only good in small doses. I believe we talked about this in our Pirates episode. Uh, Jack Sparrow should not carry the movie. And I think one of my biggest my biggest problems is where we get a lot of the Pirates comparison because there is a lot of pirates overlap between it being a Walt Disney, Jerry Bruckheimer 
combo with Johnny Depp in there. Gore Verbinski. Gore Verbinski directing. We had a lot of that same Hans kind Zimmer of like. The movie? I don't recall. But I think my biggest. Like this, there was a bunch, there was a couple of like slapstick stuff with a couple of the henchmen from Cavendish's gang. And it like, you looked at it and went, Oh, here's the dumb pirates. Yeah. And like, uh, cause it's, uh, what's the name of those pirates? It's, uh, I don't remember. Pino and I can't remember. It's not, it's not, Mate- it's Peretti or something like that. It's an Italian and something else. But it's one of those ones where you've got... And, and the one likes Frilly Close. Yeah, and so you have, like, the same thing happening with this other with these other ones here. And, like... I mean, I was, I was pretty down with when they just died. Yeah. Because, like, the, the slapstick elements from their characters didn't jive with the story we're trying to tell. Oh yeah, the tone. This is actually pretty dark if you think about it. Cuz I mean, we have a fake scalping. Well, I guess it's a real scalping meant to uh implicate meant, the Comanche. Yeah, meant to incite a war. We have we get the US Army called in to perform a slaughter of a bunch of innocent people and then go well, you either continue to commit to this, or you have to admit that you admit on your conscience that you killed a bunch of innocent people. Um, Cavendish is literally a cannibal who eats people's hearts straight out of the chest. Yeah. Well, I think he does. He does a roundabout way through the uh, intestines. Oh, oh, yeah. He he reaches up in, but that's the whole point: is that he does this and. Although it's not entirely shown, it's pretty pretty clear that's what happened. Like it's mm-hmm. there's no question. And like there's there's a lot of very dark tones to it that the slapstick comedy of the oh we're the goofy henchmen doesn't quite work for me. Like sure in the first pirates movie, all right. By the third pirates movie, I was done in a completely different movie, don't need it. What about you, John? What did you uh, get out of this movie? Well, um, don't start your movie three times. Okay, we'll start it more times for our next movie, John. Don't even... Oh, worry. man. I mean... Five times. And ten endings. I mean, it all when, when you're making a film and you have a problem and you need to do rewrites, I mean, that's okay. Like, rewrites aren't a bad thing. As long as the rewrites are being done for the right reason. What is the right reason? To make the movie better, not like to be marketable or to fulfill a niche or be worried. Like, cause I think the film would have been okay with supernatural elements. More of them actually that, that would have fit within the themes of, uh, of like, you know, the concept of his Reed is a, uh, state prosecutor. He's not the quote unquote warrior but he has the spirit of a warrior. And I think that would have been fine. A little less uh, like Johnny Depp, Depp Sparrowism. Maybe someone else being cast as Tonto. Though it is the first time in any Lone Ranger thing ever that Tonto gets uh, higher billing than the Lone Ranger. To be fair, they were pretty racist back then. Oh, that's true. I don't know. See, I feel like it could have been salvageable and been a good thing. Well, and there's that's my thing with like with this film, there were a lot of good parts to work with. There were just several there were a lot of things that were thrown in that were unnecessary. And so I think like I think it could have been a better film had it been a slightly more serious tone, which I think the slightly darker supernatural take would have been good. Uh Quick question, since I haven't finished this. Did this movie end on a sort of, not cliffhanger, but there's going to be more of this movie? Well... Like, expected sequels? Yes and no. Like, it doesn't exactly say that there's going to be sequels. It's not one of those, oh, this movie thinks it's getting a sequel type endings. But since the story is told by uh, by this old man to the kid, um, he just kind of leaves it open because the kid asks, oh, wait, so what happened to them? 
and then the old man's like, oh, oh, what do you think happened to them? And he wa- he wanders off into the sunset, like literally walks this, so this like walks out of San Francisco until he gets to Monument Valley, and the credits are playing over. Old Johnny Depp. Old walking Johnny in Depp the walking walking in the distance. Oh, that was that and was. And the credits are really hard to read. Um, so the reason I ask this is so the Avengers movie came out in 2012. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, Disney at this time most definitely wanted. Okay, we need another. We want another series. We got. We have pirates. We have Avenger. We have the Marvel. That they need another tentpole. Yeah, let's get another franchise going. So I just wonder if this was kind of a cat. If this was a um, casualty of the everything needs to be a franchise, no one hit wonders. I think not because they were def. This came right after John Carter, and John Carter. They were gunning for a series. They wanted there to be sequels in that film. I think their goal with this one was to just make it be able to stand on its own. But if they could. With the possibility? With, with the, the possibility. Pos- instead of planning on it, you know, where. Because then you put your uh, put your eggs in one basket. And so they didn't put their eggs in one basket. But Which, it- see, and that's one of those things. Like, I don't complain about the the ending and there not being a there being more because that's good your movie should be standalone but yeah i think gunning for the sequel would have been worse yeah leaving on a specific cliffhanger yeah rather than just a bit of ambiguity of how uh what happened to the lone ranger after this event and what his adventures were you know he has them it's but, the but it's not important for this movie yeah so is there anything else we want to talk about? I think we want to talk about how we have great patrons who support us in making these the bestest. Um, these uh, podcasts. They definitely make it possible so that we can do this. And if you'd like to support us as well, you can find uh, find us on, on Patreon and for Plots Backle. Help that make, get made and become one of our favorite people there too. And, and if you enjoyed us or you have comments about how you believe that Captain Jack Sparrow should be in anything, or have a uh, cork board set up connecting the entire Depp multiverse, you can uh, leave it on Facebook. Or send us the full conspiracy de- conspiracy Depp theory with with a uh, complete with references and hyperlinks to plotspacklepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to just quick... You want to lay out quickly how deep the depth goes, or how deep the depth goes, uh, at us at Twitter at Plot Spackle Pod. I mean, so my biggest problem with the depth theory is for it to work, it means that Johnny Depp has gotten a hold of a flux capacitor, and that is not a world I want to live in. What if it's quantum leap, though? Well, John, I will give you the uh, give you the same thing that was pointed out earlier. 2020 is a is a year full of somebody has a time machine and keeps going back to try and fix 2020 but it keeps getting worse we had murder hornets murder hornets disappeared but then corona spikes again and it just get dust bowl coming in it just spirals out of control Sharknado. we're just hitting all them apocalypse bingo stuff and it's because somebody has a time machine and is using it irresponsibly johnny depp we're looking at you